Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome. I'm going to do that a little more understated so I don't kill all the headphone users right out the gate, but welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds of the North, the premier former video game show hosted by two bros and a third guy, only from Simon's Basement, Adam's Basement, and Matt's Lake House. Am I right? Yes. So it we is. are... I'm on the main floor this week. We're very much still playing Where in the World is Matt, but he's, <laughs> he's still recording with us. It's just from a new location every week. Next week, maybe the moon. Who knows? Anyway, how are we doing, lads? We are okay. I'm, well, I'm kind of amazed that summer's coming to an end so quickly. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. I feel like I just got done... Like, I, when I, normally when I think of a summer course, I'm like, oh, I get August off. And I'm like, it's the end of August. I start teaching again in a week. I have to prep yeah, a whole exactly. course in that time. Yeah. It's as close to the end of August as August gets, basically. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, I'm at the lake, which is pretty sweet. So that's good. But I also got stung by a wasp today for the first time ever. Oh. So that's less good. Take that Damn, off the bucket not recommend list. recommend it. White Anglo Saston Protestants, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wasps. Yeah. They could just be more like the bugs, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, overall, I, I guess I discovered I'm not allergic to wasps today. So, you know, that's good information. Is that like, is there an equivalent of never broke a bone for never been stung by a wasp or a bee that you are uh, no longer a member of now? Was this your first time? It is, it is my first time for the wasp. I have broke a bone. I've, it was real tough and gory. I broke my pinky Ooh. when I was eight. Aw. So, yeah. <laughs> Had a real rough life. You know, there's going to be a lot of knocking on wood right now, but uh, I'm still a member of never broke a bone. Um... Which is wonderful. I'm also a member of never been to a hostel except to visit, which is pretty cool. Yep. Proud uh, member of that club myself. Yeah, and never, uh, also never been stung by a bee or a wasp, but I have been uh, sprayed by a tarantula, which I'm absolutely convinced is worse. So, I've been bit by a few snakes in my time, you know. So, I, I yeah. I'm a member of a few different, more niche clubs, maybe. Anyway, uh, I don't think I actually said it, but I am Simon, the father, son, and the goalie host, joined in faithful solidarity by my faithful squad mates. Faithful, what, what? This is a fucking tragedy, this intro right now, but don't worry about it. It's the end of summer. We're all losing our minds a little bit. It's fine. And uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, so more or less, let's get right into it. Starting off, uh, this week we're going to be talking about the first three episodes of What If, the fourth episode apparently featuring Doctor Strange comes out tonight at time of recording so most likely when you listen to this faithful listeners it'll have been out already so either way you don't have to worry about spoilers for episode four but you do have to worry about spoilers for episodes one to three and we're also gonna right off the hop here talk about that spider-man no way home trailer because uh it was a whole bunch of something so uh we'll try to stick entirely to what's been officially released and not just what's been rumored but I mean, it'll be tough not to, to talk about other stuff at all. What, well, before we get into either of those, has anyone here seen Marvel Studios All Hail the King? No. It's no, the it's the fake documentary with Trevor Slattery, the guy who played the fake Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Like I just loaded oh. up uh Disney Plus to see if I or to get what if going so I could, you know, Look about it while we're talking about it. Look at it while we're talking at it. Whoa, holy shit. I am in a rough shape today. Look at it while we're talking about it. There you go. There we go. Third time's the charm. 
or sometimes the 18th. But anyway, and yeah, I hadn't seen it. Just kind of looked pretty cool. So feel to hit, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nerds of the North podcast. First try. And let us know if you've seen that or if you're excited because I believe Shang-Chi is coming out this week. Is it not? Oh, yeah. It's, if, it's very soon. I don't remember yeah. if it's. And it's gotten uh, marvelous, pun intended, reviews, which is pretty exciting. People talk frequently about how it's uh, breaking the Marvel formula in a pleasant way, which is oh, good. that's good. Okay. And, of course, it's helmed oh. by the amazing and Canadian Simu Liu. So I'm always going to be a fan of that. Anyway, let's move on to Spider-Man, because I think, I don't know if, hmm, how do I phrase this? I love all the MCU, and there are a lot of MCU movies that I'll go back to, and I have very fond memories of them, and probably my best objectively uh, movie theater experiences have been MCU movies. I'm a total shill, and I'm curious to see where you guys land on what I'm about to say next, but... When I'm coming up with my list of my favorite movies of all time, even though I love the MCU, it just kind of feels like it's in its own its own little world, you know? As some people may know, my favorite movie ever is The Princess Bride. Sing Street's like in there. Scott else. Pilgrim's in there. <laughs> it's, it's fucking incredible. Yes, Adam's friends from early 20s included. It's an incredible movie. I actually did run into a few people in the past year who do not like The Princess Bride, and I'm like, who? What? Who hurt you? <laughs> Who hurts you? That movie is just so likable. <laughs> it really Emotions is. Emotions in there. Uh, I think I mentioned Chef already. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I feel like I'm blanking on one. Oh, Good Will Hunting. But the t- the top-rated superhero movie, and the only one that might crack my top five movies ever, is, uh, is Spider-Man 2. I think Spider-Man 2 is still... Come at me, Dark Knight fans. It's still <laughs> objectively the, the best start-to-finish crafted uh, superhero movie, especially because it doesn't have like a... 30-minute sequence in China and doesn't have creepy implications of Batman spying on an enormous population. I mean, it'd be weird if that wasn't a Spider-Man movie, granted. That would, that would be But still, <laughs> you don't have any problems like that. You just have vague metaphors of erectile dysfunction. It's Spider-Man talking to a, about a friend that he had to his doctor, which is cute. Anyway, all that to say, I adore Spider-Man 2, and I'm fairly certain that's not a controversial opinion in this group here. No, I don't think it is. No, it's a, it's a classic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's an all-timer. So, suffice to say, I am, like, shaking with hype about this uh, the Spider-Man No My Home teaser trailer. So, let's talk about it. I mean, it starts off, you got Peter, he's been exposed, he's under arrest, because the drone that killed Mysterio was under his control, technically. I mean, technically. I feel like there'd be a way to, yeah. to prove that, you know... Mysterio had control of them for an extended period of time. But then he goes, let's just talk about the fun stuff. Then he goes and meets Doctor Strange, who's kind of inexplicably dealing with a snowstorm. So I guess that was just, how can we make the Sanctum Sanctorum a little more interesting? Yeah. Not that it's a boring place to start off with, but sure. Do you want to make it interesting? Uh, first question that I'm curious about what you guys think. Why the hell is Doctor Strange helping this guy? He seems to be doing it just for, like, the hell of it. But he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, he seemed to take, in, in the, in the uh, Infinity War and Endgame, Doctor Strange seemed to be taking his responsibilities a lot more seriously. This seems to have him, like, returning to the, eh, what the hell, that he was kind of in the first half of his movie. Yeah. So, Adam, why the hell is 
Doctor Strange helping Peter Parker here? I don't know. That was the major question I had when I was watching that. I was like, why is he being such a goof about this? Like, and the, you, they show you that scene of, of what's his name? Wang? Wong. His, <laughs> Wong. It's easy. The, the Both the actor and the character are both named Wong, Adam. It's so oh, easy. Okay, well, Wong just leaving, presumably like on vacation or something, because he's got bags with him. And he's like, don't do this. And Strange's like, I won't. And then he winks to camera and presumably also to Peter. And you're going, mm-hmm. what? Like, yeah. okay. Like, if you want to have Stephen Strange and Peter Parker go on wacky hijinks adventure, like, I'm down, but this? You couldn't sell it a little better than that? Yeah, it seems odd where you have Doctor Strange being like, yeah, I'll help you out. Oh, but it's not going to be the way you want it. Oh, do you want me to change it? Oh, too bad. Looks like you messed up. Now we're all in big trouble. It seems... Yeah, it's like, is he a genie? I mean, obviously there's... Yeah, like, obviously there's going to be more to it than that, but, like, it seems kind of out of character for Doctor Strange unless they're, like, just sort of shoving him over into, like the iron man hole that kind of exists now as like i don't know like snarky goofy mentor kind of thing i i don't know it's it seems sort of weird obviously we're missing a lot of context for the movie but but my initial impression was like the doctor strange doesn't at least from the trailer doesn't come off looking very good from what we've seen so far yeah Yeah, it's a little bit a little bit sus well i mean we'll get into a part later when he uh they're doing something on a train. I don't know. Also, I just want to point out that any Canadian watching these or um, people, you know, in just cold countries in general, but I'm going to sing about Canadians, knows that even though Benedict Cumberbatch is in, like, a sweater and a coat, and even though Tom Holland is acting by, like, pulling his arms in a little bit, we can't see their breath. We know it's not cold in there. <laughs> don't try and When you live somewhere Studios. that has snow... For half of the year, it's very easy to to spot both fake snow and, yeah, like the CGI uh, cold breath. Or sometimes when it's not even there. Yeah. I, I actually notice that all the time. It's really distracting. Yeah. This one is one of the most egregious ones. It almost looks like just salt on the wall. Like, it doesn't really look particularly yeah. convincing. But whatever. Maybe they'll touch it up. They still have got time. Anyway, so, yeah. Then they go into, and they, Adam, I think the way you did call them a genie was particularly appropriate. Peter clearly didn't think out this spell, but he's also, at this point, still, I guess, technically a teenager. Although maybe he's, like, entering college or in his last year of high school. I don't know. We'll find out where Peter is. He's not the Sorcerer Supreme. It's not really his job. Yeah. He's not an adult in this situation. (laughs) It's where I really go with this. So, like, you know, Doctor Strange not be able to keep up. But something definitely clearly goes wrong. People have already pointed out that the background, when it happens, kind of looks like the background of uh, the time castle that we were just in Loki. Suppose for Loki, I guess. But it it, it does look yeah, time castle, right. not time castle. Like yeah, yeah. So it's got a little bit of the timeline esque thing going to it. That all being said, since Doctor Strange, I believe, came out in 2016, uh, boy, am I happy to see the Doctor Strange visuals again. Those are so captivating. They're of, really like, nice. the world, cap, mm-hmm. you know, collapsing yeah. on itself. Yeah. But let's get into the real important thing. So, who the fuck is in this movie? So, we know Everybody. Alfred Molina and uh, Jamie Foxx were confirmed a while ago. We know them. Okay? So, if you go to, if, if either of you guys are following along, people are following along at home, if you go to 213 in the trailer, you could see clearly some lightning storms, but also a lot of sand. Like, a lot of sand. 
Now, we don't know if Todd and Thomas Hayden Church is coming back as Sandman, but it seems to be a fair bet. And then uh, I, I like the speculation that people were talking about. At one point, Doctor Strange pushes Peter out of his body, and Peter's holding some kind of contraption. And people were talking about maybe it's like a Ghostbusters. You know, they're trying to capture the villains and put them back into this contraption. So why is Strange attacking Peter here? Is it just like maybe you're getting ahead of yourself, kid? Like, slow down? Or are they... Is Doctor I mean, Strange actually going to be him, some so. sort of... Yeah. But I kind of like the idea of, of them having opposite goals, you know? And Doctor Strange may be a little more adversarial to Peter. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make it work. But it just that just kind of thing seems interesting, especially because what we're going to see coming up also works with that. Okay, so then another... It's a literally one-second shot. I think 226. There's another lightning strike, but if you guys go there, there's like sand rising on its own so either it's the fucking mole man from the end of the first incredibles movie coming up from the ground or sandman the underminer is in the underminer <laughs> <laughs> and i thought my thing was too niche but then you got the name perfect yeah and again once again it gets hit by lightning so it's like hmm sandman's in the movie but is sandman maybe not a bad guy in the movie i would love to see that because as much as people like rightly make fun of Spider-Man 3, Sandman was not a problem. The sa Everything with Sandman was pretty much up to the same scale of quality as the first two movies. So before Absolutely. we move into the two big villains revealed here, do you guys have any additional thoughts? Do you think Sandman's going to be in it? I think he's going to be a good guy, bad guy. We know Electro uh, definitely going to be a bad guy. I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to my thought until we're done because you and I have had a conversation about this, and I, I think that's worth resurfacing. Okay. Okay. Matt? I could see him coming back as a good guy. I mean, there, this is obviously uh, a, a multiverse-heavy movie, or at least I, what's probably the start of the MCU going in that direction. So, like, it it all revolves around the idea that there's lots of different versions of people, so it totally could be, you know, Sandman's a good guy in this one, right? He was never, like, an asshole bad guy before, so it wouldn't be, I think, out of the realm of possibility that he could be, you know, he could gets pulled into this world, sees what's going on, and is on Peter's team. Yeah. Well, what we know, so let's let's move into the next part, because I think it relates. So first of all, we see a pumpkin bomb. It's the same. I know Green uh, Goblin was in both uh, San Raimi and the Amazing Spider-Man movies. This is a pumpkin bomb from the Raimi Spider-Man movies, so clearly. Like, if you look at the side-by-side of the picture of this design and the Raimi ones, it's the same one. And then we hear a laugh that is also, I think, very clearly Willem Dafoe. He's got kind of an iconic laugh. And also just such an iconic actor. Why not bring him back? Like, mm -hmm. whatever guy from Divergent or whatever the fuck it was they brought in to do the Pumpkin, the Amazing Spider-Man. I'm sure he's going to go on to be a great actor if he's not a great actor already. Uh, but he's not Willem to fucking foe, you know? And clearly in this case, he's not DeFriend. He is indeed Defoe. And then <laughs> the final shot of the, of the trailer. We get a claw rising up from the dirt. And in comes Doc Ock to say, Hello, Peter. It's so perfect. Because I I was like, well, the first day it came out, I was looking through the the YouTube comments, and someone said that, Hello, Peter. Was so crisp. That's the word they used. Crisp. And for whatever fucking reason, I can't stop thinking about that description, how perfect it is. Go ahead, listen to it. It's crisp 
There's no other way to describe it. But it's literally, it's perfect. So there's a couple things that we know that they've uh, announced. I don't know if you guys have heard them yet, but one of which is that Alfred Molina has said in an interview that Doc Ock will be returning from that scene on the river. So he's basically coming back at the end, which had a lot of people worried, well, is this going to ruin Doc Ock's arc? Because one of the best things about Spider-Man 2 was that Doc Ock had basically a perfect character arc throughout the film. Yep. And then people have pointed out a detail that I didn't even notice, even though I've seen Spider-Man 2 a dozen times, and that's when the arms are in control, the red light is on, like the little light in the middle of the arms is red. When Doc Ock is in control, the red light turns white. And even you can see when he's having that, like, debate in the river he's like no i'm in control now i will not die a monster the light actually flickers when he's like oh, having cool. the argument and then it man goes i need white. to yeah. watch that movie again now i think i'm gonna go to after we're done <laughs> recording this to be honest it's such, a, it's such a banger but either way so people are saying that even though alfred molina is saying okay well this happened at the very end it's still because we see the white light or because we see the red light we know that this is before he turned. So maybe it's going to be an alternate reality where he didn't succeed. Or Peter didn't succeed. Who knows? But either way, Alfred Molina's back. He's going to be a bad guy. Uh, Adam, is this a good time to resurface the conversation we were talking about? I think it is a good time to resurface that conversation. Because I think it's kind of a pipe dream, but it would be so cool. Um, so yeah, what we were talking about was the idea of maybe um, doing a, a Sinister Six movie but instead of it being 6v1, that it be 6v6 with Spidey having his own yeah. team of, of redeemed villains and other allies. Uh, yes. Could you come up with a team? And, and then the question is, which side is Dr. Strange on for whatever reason? Yes. That would kind of be interesting. But yeah, Sandman and then uh, clearly, unfortunately, we could see here that Doc Ock is, is bad. But the obvious answer would be... Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but man, it's so heavily rumored, and how could they not at this point that Toby and Andrew Garfield are going to be in this movie too? So at which point you would have three, three Spider-Man, Spider Doctor Strange, presumably, Sandman. Uh, I don't know if you could fit somebody else in there, but that's already five. And I feel like between the three Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, they don't even need Sandman. That's such a, a powerhouse team. <laughs> it really is. That man, like I'm kind of worried for the villains. Like they better, <laughs> they better power them up. Like Goblin's fine, but Goblin is a match for one Spider-Man. Auk, the same thing. Uh, they the the team balance is not good. If Doctor Strange and Sandman, these guys with these big, uh, elemental force. I mean, I know Electro, but what's Electro going to do to Sandman? I know this is not Pokemon, but come on, <laughs> turn him to glass. What's the good? Yeah, turn him to glass. I guess. But yeah, that's the theory. So that that means we would need some other villains. So let's let's just make the assumption that it's going to be Doctor Strange, the three Spider-Men, and let's say Sandman, because I think that would make sense. Like, okay, so Alfred Molina was being con or uh, not Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina is a phenomenal actor. Doctor Octavius was being controlled by the arms, uh, and he still is. So we know he's a bad guy. Whether or not that changes over the course of the movie, who knows? But as you said, Matt, Sandman was really just doing it to avoid going to jail. So there's no particular reason why he would side with the villains if there isn't monetary gain. This is like almost approaching Secret Wars level fun yeah. times we're having. So then 
that's what we got on the good side. On the bad side, we got Electro, Auk, Goblin, and then presumably Scorpion. That's not an expensive actor, so they may as well throw him in there, right? But Michael Keaton as Vulture is pretty expensive. I don't think we've heard of him. So I don't think he's going to be in there. So is there going to be another surprise villain or two? Does Mysterio fucking pop up again? Is that too soon? I don't think he's dead. There's no way he's dead. I feel like it might be a bit much to bring him back in just the next one. And I know Michael Keaton is, I mean, obviously expensive to have around. Um, but, like, they've made a point of hanging on to him. And, he, you know, he's he's come back a few times in, like, little snippets. So it's like, if you're not going to use him for a Sinister Six movie, then what are you saving him for? It's true. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I know it's a lot of money, but you have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if not now, when? Okay, so then here's my question to you guys. Now we have a 5v5. So let's just imagine that there's someone to even it out, a a sixth for the Spider-Man team. I'm not sure who it would be. Somebody that we're not expecting, maybe, I don't know. Moon Knight? Maybe like a a Spider-Gwen or something like that. I could see one. Oh, that's true, yeah. Something like that happening. If you're already multiversing, why not? Why not? But... uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I was thinking it would be one of the, like, announced Avengers. The same way that um, Anthony Mackie was in the Ant-Man movie. Like, he's already mm-hmm. on payroll, so let's throw him into a movie to give him a little more screen time. That they might take somebody like... That's why I thought, this is not a serious thing, but... Isn't Oscar Isaac cast as Moon Knight, I believe? Oh, oh, I have heard that, yes. Yeah, so, so this would be a nice, a cool way to throw him in there. No, I think he's a... Or... Guys, what the fuck are we talking about? Sorry. Oh, my God. God. I blew it. I blew it. Everybody, I'm sorry. I blew it. Motherfucking Daredevil. That's who's going to be the sixth of the good guy team. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. He's a, And he's even rumored. I was pulling Oscar Isaac out of my ass because I want to see it. No. The rumor... There's already a rumor that Charlie Cox is going to be involved in this. And he was a pitch-perfect Daredevil. And what do we see at the beginning of this movie? Peter needs a goddamn lawyer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. It's so natural. So, I don't know why. I didn't so, think of that. so let's write that in in pencil. Okay, so yeah. there you go. You got your six for the good guys. Uh, I'll go to Matt first. I'll put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see as the sixth bad guy? Let's just take casting and whatever out of it. Okay, you can have what villain? Let's say the one that we haven't seen before. Maybe they pull him from like another universe, right? Because why does it only have to be universes we've seen? You know? Yeah. So what is the villain that we haven't seen before do you think not not do you think would you like to see as the final member yeah. of the six? I mean do you think it's possible we see James Franco as Harry Osborne come back? I guess would they want to have two goblins? Like I mean Hobgoblin's not well, a bad they've done it like before. Probably oh, sorry. not. Would they want to have in two terms of green goblins specifically? Well, yeah. I mean, Harry could be the Probably Hobgoblin. Probably not. He could do that. He's not normally, but if his dad's still around, um, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think in terms of, like, and this is maybe not the best reason to do something, but in terms of, like, people losing their minds in the theater, that would probably get you the biggest reaction. Uh, so, you know, in the sort of, like, playing a game, ooh, who do you want to see? That's probably <laughs> who I would want to see, just because it would be amazing i mean that would be that would be crazy i don't think that would actually happen um in terms of a real guess i'm 
I don't know. I'm I'm not a Spider-Man expert. I'm not like super well versed in Spider-Man beyond the movies, so I don't think we'll see Mysterio. I would imagine the Vulture would come back. So the the only other one, yeah, that I can really think of would be would be Harry, which would be crazy, although I I doubt it. Mm-hmm. If Michael Keaton's already you know, we're like, well, he's a lot of money. I mean, James Franco, maybe not Michael Keaton levels, but he's a lot of money too. You know, this this starts to be a very expensive cast. I think uh, James Franco also got me too. But there is one thing that I want to point out that I haven't already, and this is another major gaffe on my part. Uh, I'm trying to look for it to see it. I think you can kind of see it at 226. This is where things are happening very rapidly. Uh, but the other villain that we think is going to be coming back or the internet thinks is going to be coming back is uh lizard from the first spider-man movie so he could be he could be on a good guy team he could be our sixth member there well i don't think they're going to fix his brain i think you know you might have you might have uh connor's doc connor's be a good guy but if he's if he's stuck as lizard yeah if they're doing like secret wars light then i don't think that he's going to be on the good guy team so let's throw him in there and take vulture out just because uh I'd be I'd be truly surprised, but since Lizard is actually in the trailer, we'll yeah. throw Lizard on the good guy team, and this could all be be moot because we have six members. If we just throw Sandman on the bad guy team, it's just fun to imagine him on the good guy team. But Adam, of the big ones, who do you think, or who would you like to see? Um, well, the okay. So as as I said when we were having this discussion, the other obvious member of the six who ha- we haven't seen yet is Chameleon, but he kind of doesn't fit with the big sort of like the the scale of this movie he's he's mm-hmm. a little too small um although he would be neat for and and this obviously isn't the way they're going but what i would kind of like to do instead of doing a secret wars thing would be to have you have the teams of six and yet and they like spend no time fighting each other and all the time in fighting because mm-hmm. that just seems like what peter and strange are already doing but to answer your question, if I have to pick a, if I'm picking a Spider-Man villain, where I'd be like, that'd be really fucking cool. Um, and it it has to be someone who's at least remotely willing to be a team player at least for a bit. So it's not going to be like Kingpin, uh, much as I want to see more of Vincent D'Onofrio. You don't think he would want to come back? I think he would. I just don't think he fits on a team. Ah yes, yeah. Um. Fair. I'm actually going to pick another guy who doesn't generally fit on teams, but would be really fun here, and I think would join in just because of the the prospect of killing three different Spider-Men would appeal to him, and that's Craven the Hunter. Ah, damn! That was actually going to be my pick. Ha ha! So I'll I'll, t- it out I'll for No, I think it's good. I mean, the other I'll okay. So I won't. I'll agree with you. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think the other like answer that no one particularly wants to see but they might is if they like find a way don't bring paul giamatti back i'm sorry but find another way to have a rhino rhino, you know like if you're gonna have somebody in pulling from another universe have like a proper fucking rhino instead of whatever that abomination that was in the amazing spider-man 2 was (laughs) yeah Uh, i love you paul giamatti but no he did his best (laughs) (laughs) he the poor boy did what he could but yeah craven the hunter i think would be like a perfect one because then he could survive and that would be a good uh good villain for a future spider-man movie or something like that i also wouldn't be against seeing Um, carnage well yeah but But. are they gonna before carnage's movie comes when when does venom 2 come out 
That would be a ballin' way for a Venom <laughs> 2 to end up. If, like, one of them gets sucked through a Doctor Strange thing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be absolutely I suppose insane. they have two different versions of the character they could theoretically pull in at this point. True. I don't know if if uh, Marvel wants Tom Hardy Venom uh, to be associated with the MCU, but, you know, I, I suppose it's not impossible. I don't know that I'd want to see that, but... Yeah, it doesn't really fit Either way. the aesthetic, but... We'll move on from Spider-Man because we got to talk about what if here. Um, but and I gotta get food. This so. more than more than a lot of Marvel movies. This one seems to be like the the thing that's gonna open up a lot. And what we don't know, and maybe we'll know by the end of this week or next week, is uh, if something about Shang Chi, you know, that's true, lead leads into it because that tends to be what they do. One show or one movie kind of have an after credit scene that might lead into another one. Anyway. Moving on to what if, and uh, I'm kind of. Uh, that, I'll be honest. We talked about Spider-Man longer than I intended to. Clearly, we just had a lot to say about Spider-Man, but it's because I, I kind of don't have a lot to say about <laughs> what if. I don't know about you guys. Like, let's talk about the first episode with Captain Carter. I was really excited because Peggy Carter is a cool character, and uh, I'm now blanking on the name of the actress as I do a lot. Um, oh God. Um... Haley Atwell. Thank you. Is a yes. fantastic actress, and it was just, okay, great. This is exactly what you want What If for. Like, a, a great actress or actor who did a great job and a great role to get another chance at playing them in kind of a a new and interesting way. I thought, for the most part, though, it stayed a little too close to the actual movie. Like, for a, like two-thirds of it, at least, it felt like I was just watching the first captain america movie like on crack you know it just felt like it was just moving so goddamn fast i don't know how much i like peter or not peter uh steve steve as the first iron man because like yeah he's got a lot of heart and he just needed the body but the reason they kept him around was because he got the super soul suit my like i didn't buy that especially without uh, erskine dead yeah or with erskine dead that they would keep steve around so i wasn't Totally sure about that, as him being like a little mascot. And then at the end, they're basically fighting an eldritch horror? Yep. Like, that fucking came out of nowhere. And the classic thing, like, you want a villain that's going to challenge the hero at things the hero's good at, right? Yes. So, why was... Why did they fight Cthulhu? (laughs) And when did Peggy get good with a sword? Yeah. So many questions. Like it was, it was good to see. I enjoyed it. It's, it was, goddamn weird. So I guess that's what what if is. Also, Peggy, as I pause it, very clearly has more than superhuman power. She's like flying all over the place. Like she has Spider-Man like um, oh, yeah, muscles, mean, not yeah. just, not just mm-hmm. uh, peak human potential muscles. She has cartoon she doing character muscles. Cause <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We animated now. People can do all kinds of bullshit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So yeah, I thought the first episode. I'll I'll go to you, Adam. But I thought it was it was good, an interesting hint of the potential. But the big swings they took didn't really connect for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good time. Uh, I liked Howard Stark. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to see him in sort of that. Oh, you I, like I mean we saw it in Agent Carter, but just oh, this is where Tony gets it. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's it's exactly the same thing, and that was really funny. Like the scene in the diner with uh, Peggy and Steve, where he's just like, "Oh, just pretend I'm not here," and I'm like, "Yes, that that mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to see from Howard Stark." Yeah. Um, Speaking of great actors, we wanted to come back. Dominic Cooper, I thought, did a remarkable job with him in uh, in the first Captain America movie, right? Yeah. I thought they did a great job, but then he gets taken over by a different actor who also enjoyed John Slattery, who also does a great job as like older Howard Stark. It's funny that they kind of it's another character where they kind of got the casting perfect twice, although that's kind of Marvel's MO. Yeah. But just to have him back for a brief moment was good too. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I yeah, it was a little weird that it was sudden oh, it's Cthulhu now. Um but okay. And also I'm not adequately certain why going to Cthulhu's dimension meant Peggy was frozen in time and also how she didn't get torn apart in 70 years but uh they they didn't linger on these questions to say the least um yeah they they didn't have a ton of interest in it but uh but it was like I I watched it and I'm like okay that was fine I'm happy to watch the next one and that's really all you can ask out of a a first episode yep agreed Matt what'd you think yeah yeah, I thought it was fine. I sort of hoped that they would, that it would branch off from reality more. Yeah. Uh, in the first episode, you know, the at least for the first episode, the answer of what if is like, well, you know, it's mostly the same. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's one of those things. It's cool to see, but like, you know, a couple times they even like went shot for shot. Yeah. You know, like they have they have the shot of. Peggy like coming out you know like the one time you ever see Captain America use a gun when it's like breaking out of that door with the howling commandos yeah. is like it's cool to see her in that position but it's less interesting once like once you realize that like oh it's more or less just the same mm-hmm. um and yeah I thought it would have been a lot more interesting if Steve had just died I thought I it was an odd choice I found to keep him around but but you know, overall, I, I think it was still well done. I think it's it's really cool that they had, like, the original actors back for not all of the characters, but for most of them. Um, and, uh, it you know, I got to see Bradley Whitford as a dickhead general. It's always nice to see some West Wing alumni, so that was fun. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was fine. I just wanted them to do to do more with it. Yeah, agreed. It, although I will say that the uh, it's wonderful that the amount of voice actors that came back, like I I love that, but it does make the ones who didn't come back more noticeable. Very, yeah. Very noticeable, mm-hmm. especially because they were filled in by like the equivalent of cuz I was I was just watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio is always Leonardo DiCaprio. There's no uh, getting away from it. And Fred Tadaschiore who has played everything. I think a couple weeks ago we were talking about how Jennifer Hale was on the Mount Rushmore of great voice actors. Yeah. He's up there too. Just look up his IMDb. He's done literally everything. And he's got such a unique, even, like he can do a lot with it. He can he can do different things. But I immediately noticed in the same second episode, which I actually liked a lot more, so let's move right there, um, that he was both Drax and Corvus Glaive. I'm like, okay. Okay, so... So that's how they're doing it. They just they brought in a couple heavy hitters to fill in the gaps when they couldn't get the actual people back. Also, like Dave Bautista, what the hell? <laughs> what were you were you that busy? But they got everyone else back. <laughs> well, I think his, I believe he has like exactly one project with Marvel left on his contract. 
so I don't think they wanted to use it on this. Although, really, let's be honest, like, voice acting for this kind of thing, when your character isn't in it much, does not take a big amount of time. No, and I actually, I'm now looking at the, the IMDb page. That was indeed Benicio Del Toro, who came back as the collector. I don't, he just sounded different. I agree with you. almost I, a different he, actor. Yeah, yeah until really I saw did. the credits, I didn't know that. Hmm. There's probably, I would imagine, as the series goes on, there's probably going to be a few cases of actors who have never really done voiceover work before uh, just sounding different than they do normally because it's just a craft that they're not used to. Because I definitely, I noticed it with a few people, but especially Benicio Del Toro, like, it, it made me stop and check who was voicing him, and I was surprised when it was, like, the original actor. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But, I mean... I think in episode one, it was good because you had Dominic Cooper. You had my boy, the Tooch, Stanley Tooch, coming back with her skin. You had, a, you know, Toby Jones came back. Um, of course, they couldn't get back uh, the original actor for the Red Skull, but we, we already knew that. If he wasn't going to come in for Infinity War, he sure as fuck wasn't yeah. going to come in for this. But uh, but they I, got the same stand-in, and he did great. Yeah, they, Ross Marquand did great. But just as shocking as seeing Thanos pop up, uh, the character was hearing Josh Brolin do the voice. <laughs> I was like, damn, they really got him to come back. That's crazy. So, yeah, I, episode two is what if T'Challa became the Star-Lord? I mean, we haven't even touched on it, but uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to hear. Oh, my God. I'm blanking on the name, guys. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, yes. Thank you so much. Uh, return as, as Star-Lord. Um it's and kind of trippy always like when you and the other one that i can think of off the top of my head was when heath ledger died and then about a year later that movie came out with um that terry gilliam movie the imaginarium of dr parnassus oh, oh yeah 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 I, I i fucked up so many things today and i got that right off the top of my head for the first time <laughs> what anyway it was kind of trippy because it's like oh man like this is it and they didn't know that it was it but now we know this is it because we're, anyway so that way, it, it felt nice to just have him for the, the brief moment that we did. Uh, Jaiman Hansu comes back to play Korath the Pursuer, and that was not a big role in the original. Boy, I thought he stole the show really in, uh, in this episode of Disney Plus as like the basically fanboy. That was wonderful. And then you get Michael Rooker in there, and I thought pretty much everything about it. And then it also helped that this was a new plot. They weren't just redoing the the, you know, the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was brand new. Yeah, this was... Yeah, I feel like this was actually a good use of the premise, what if. Like, yeah. this is very different. Like, very, this, very yeah, this different. this is what we were looking and, for. Yeah, like, this is, like, fun and refreshing and seeing, like, characters who would never interact, you know, like, on screen together in, like, very different roles. Like, this is the kind of episode that I want to see from this show. I agree. I almost don't even have that much to say because it was just so new and so different and they did a lot of good things. Like they still had the Black Order, but honestly, I kind of thought the Black Order maybe even had more of a presence in this or at least as much as they did in Infinity War, right? Like if you rewatch Infinity War at the beginning, it's like, oh shit, here come the Black Order. And then they're pretty much like I, the one that I liked the most, the Maw, rewatch Infinity War. He's out of there astonishingly fast. Like he has one mm -hmm. great fight with Doctor Strange. And then he gets thrown out at the airlock, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, oh man, what a cool character. So it was like, okay, way to way to get to reuse the the interesting villains that you didn't get to use before. And also, yeah, at least maybe this time they're named. Yeah, ag agreed. 
thank God they actually got the names this time. Sorry, the last thing that I'll say is maybe I'm just stupid. And Matt, I'm going to go to you this time because I know you're a big fan of Karen Gillum. But mm-hmm. I, uh, Taryn Gilliam? I'm, now I'm getting Karen Gillum. Karen Gillen. Karen Gillen. See, I, yeah. I'm getting confused again. I had a brief moment of clarity there, people. And it's gone now. Uh, I'm Maybe I'm just dumb. But I was totally going along with the, oh my god, maybe in the what-if version of this Nebula betrayed them. So that whole triple cross thing, every twist worked <laughs> on me. <laughs> I was not Line ahead of the singer. plot whatsoever. <laughs> but Matt, you got the return of your fave. What did you think about this episode? It was great. It was, it was, there were, there was a few things in this that like, it doesn't really affect the characters much, but it's just cool little things to see, you know, with the what if things. So, you know, like, Nebula only having the one little eye thing. You know, Thanos wasn't a gigantic asshole, so he didn't spend years and years pulling her apart. So she's more or less, you know, as she was. And I don't know how much that actually affects her character, but it's just sort of like a a fun little visual thing that's sort of a little payoff for people that, you know, know why that is the way it is. Um, So, you know, there's a bunch of stuff like that that was nice to see. It was cool. I I find that, like, I like Karen Gillan a lot as an actress, sort of going back to the Doctor Who days. But I always found Nebula a really interesting character too, so it was nice to see her do some cool stuff. And yeah, I'm the same with you. I didn't I didn't get any of the the double crosses at all. Um, and I feel like that's sort of what this thing should be. Like everything is so different and so uh, just not how we're used to it being that I feel like if we can see things coming, it's almost a bit of a failure because mm-hmm. it's it's our perception of how, who all these people are is so thrown off that I think everything being a complete surprise is probably how it should be. Yeah, agreed. This was, uh, if this almost, and maybe even definitely should have been the first episode, because I think it's a better proof of the premise than the first episode was. I'm worried that they might have lost some people off that first episode that probably would have enjoyed this one a little bit more. Adam, yeah. where are you I at think on being episode? totally oh, episodic, you can, I don't think they really need to be in any particular no, order. not at all. I feel like the captain carter thing is just like that's one of these sort of premises that's maybe been more talked about so they wanted to start off with one that people knew but yeah this is uh, yeah executes on the premise of the show way better definitely sorry adam uh any other thoughts on episode two um yeah i mean for the most part i really liked it um i thought the once again there was there was one big sticking point where i went eh, hang on explain that one to me where they go like that T'Challa just talked Thanos out of genocide. Like, they have it as a running gag that he spends the whole episode still talking about his plan to people, and everyone's like, oh, Thanos. Like, it's like he's an old sitcom, and I'm going, well, no, hang mm-hmm. on. I want to know what this winning argument was, because he clearly hasn't given up on the idea. <laughs> um, so I thought... Double the resources. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who knows? I was like, I thought that was bizarre. Um, but I'm like, okay, you wanted, you got Josh Brolin back. You wanted an excuse to have Thanos kick some ass as a good guy. Like I'm down for all of that. Um, but I thought that was so like much like in the first episode, there was one major part where I'm like, eh, I don't know, but I'm willing to go with you. Cause this is bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm trying to th- now think if this similar thing happened in the third episode, which was my favorite one for the record. Of the third. Yeah, I thought the third episode did uh, an even better job of going, you know, balls to the wall crazy. It did have, uh, it was, especially because it was such a prominent role, it was very obvious they couldn't get 
uh, Natalie Portman, not Natalie Portman. Oh my God, guys, what is happening to me? Am I <laughs> am I okay today? <laughs> I don't. They couldn't get Scarlett Johansson to play uh, Black Widow. Yeah, you know, because the other ones it was like, okay, you have Drax as a bartender, you give him two lines, whatever. But this, I mean, the girl who did. Uh, who did Black Widow in this episode, Lake Bell, she did a great job. I thought like that, it wasn't a problem with her acting. But again, when you have pretty much everybody else, you know, it it really stands out when you don't have all of them. It almost would have been easier to have most of them be different. And then the occasional one like, oh shit, that's actually Josh Brolin. Yeah. But I appreciate what they were doing. And then they also, Tony Stark was a different actor as well. But yes, let's talk about this one. Uh, so this is basically, what if everyone fucking died? It was great. <laughs> I loved this episode. I forget what they actually so phrased much. it, but yeah, like a very, uh, very different. Yeah, what if the world lost its mightiest hero, yes. heroes or, you know, Nick Fury's bad week? <laughs> yeah. Nick Fury, the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. That's exactly it. <laughs> so that was interesting. I mean, we get to go see a lot of the classic scenes, but then they happen dramatically differently. And I don't know why it, it what I complained about moments ago that didn't work in the first episode kind of worked here because I knew things were going to go super differently and not just like a little bit differently. But, you know, seeing Tony Stark having his bad day in the uh, donut, maybe it's because they didn't linger on it for very long. Like, it was, here's Tony, he's having a bad day, here's the injection, and he's dead. And that was, you know, basically a minute in, something insanely different has happened. I'm embarrassed I didn't catch on to the twist sooner. Like, I was sitting... That it was Ant-Man? Yeah, I was was sitting there going, what the fuck is going on? And then, basically, only once Black Widow figures it out, I went, oh, god damn it. I thought it was, uh, I didn't think it was going to be... Um, I mean, I didn't realize that Hope was dead, but I thought maybe Hope was the one doing it. That's what I thought. But maybe I'm just dumb. It could be. Especially based off Well, today. as soon as, like, I, I like I didn't have it until she goes, it's all about Hope. And the only reason I even got it then is because I had subtitles on and Hope was capitalized. And then well, I was, yeah, that's okay, what I mean. I, I thought... I, that's why I thought it was Hope <laughs> Van Dyne who was the one who did it. So maybe, you know, well, she was mad that her parents had been... Used by S.H.I.E.L.D. So basically the exact same twist, except yeah. Hope was the Ant-Man. Yeah. It was Wasp doing it, not uh, the original Ant-Man. Yeah. was essentially what I thought about it. So then we got to we get to revisit Thor. We get the wonderful scene. Jeremy Renner comes back and just straight up ices Thor <laughs> when he's about to... Uh, which is, again, almost played for laughs. Like, maybe this one could not have been the first episode. It would have been too shocking. Yeah. We needed the insanity of the previous two episodes, I think. To be comfortable watching some of our favorite heroes the last Just ten years. Straight up, bye. <laughs> Brutally murdered, and let's talk about the Hulk next. That was what like, <laughs> I could not believe they killed him like that. That was awful. He exploded. Yeah. Oh man! Like you could see, you could see the buildup where you knew what was going to happen, and I kept expecting them to cut away, and then they just didn't. Yep. <laughs> they showed it. Yeah. The balls that they have when they're animated to do stuff like that. Very impressive. It also, I like how it had the the funny side effect of now Loki gets to be everything he wanted to be. Yeah. Because he gets to, I mean, sure he gets to avenge Thor. And I'm sure somewhere deep down he does indeed like Thor. But mostly, now he has a re... He, Loki is basically America. He's like, I just want one villain. Just to nail, knock out of the park. 
an unambiguous villain that we can bomb. I think that's what America's been looking for for the past 70 roughly years? 300 <laughs> years. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going back to 1776. <laughs> well, I think they had it in the Nazis, and they've been looking for another one ever since. They took forever to get... I'm going to call you out, America. You took too damn long to get into World War II. Okay? I'm calling them out. Someone had to do it, and damn it, it's going to be me. Uh, but yeah, just one good and amb- unambiguous villain to go up against. Loki had that. That was kind of interesting. And we knew Tom Hiddleston was going to come back because, I mean, he probably just walked across the street right? <laughs> when he was recording Loki. Yeah. That, was, that was probably the easiest get. But yeah, I thought this uh, this episode was was real good. I to have uh, oh geez, this is happening yet again. To have the uh, Michael Douglas come back as Hank Pym. That was great. Yeah, actually, I kind of these episodes are so risky for me. There's too goddamn many actors. That was good. <laughs> good to see kind of a, a berserk Hank Pym. Liked seeing that. So, and also I thought that the the twist at the end with Loki being uh, Nick Fury. That was that was pretty effective. Yeah, it was... You're pretty spry for a guy <laughs> with a corner office. <laughs> well, and, and that also seemed very much like the plan a plan Nick Fury would come up with. Like it, that, I think my favorite thing about this episode was that I didn't have that. But why would you make that decision? Or but where did that come from? Moment like everything that happened. I'm like, no, all of this makes sense. Every everything mm-hmm. everybody did. I'm like, yep. If, if this was going on, I'm totally on board. Agreed. And Loki almost seemed more powerful than this than in his actual show. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, this one seems like they might actually continue this story a little bit. Because, you know, they have, at the end, sort of, you know, the the cliffhanger of Captain Marvel coming in. Which seems like an odd thing if they're not going to do anything with it. You know, like, the last couple of minutes is him going to find Captain America, Captain Marvel showing up. Cut to and luck. so I feel like... We might we may get some of these that actually continue on into multi part things, which would be cool to see if they do that. It'd be it'd be interesting to see, you know, like who you know, who fights I mean, I guess Ultron wouldn't even exist if Tony's not around, but you know, what what does Avengers two look like if most of the main Avengers are dead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I that'd be cool to see. Yeah. Agreed. And uh I the one time I did get ahead of the plot was where all of them were dying, and then I was like, is this not a... Or, sorry, when Loki invaded. And I, I said to myself, is is this not a time to call Captain Marvel? And then he did. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt good. And then he... I think, and I think, honestly, as much as I would like the idea of coming back here, I think that's the only reason she showed up. Is that he called her, and now they're just showing her be there. Um, yeah. Because uh, she's OP. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all there is to it. So I think we know that tonight's is going to be based off of uh, something to do with uh, Doctor Strange. Just looking at the page on, like the Disney Plus page, you can see Captain Carter's the first one. List not like the. I'm looking at the picture. Uh, oh, we also didn't talk about the the framing device of us all as Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher, and. Uh, I'm all for Jeffrey Wright being in literally everything ever. I think he's a phenomenal actor, and I'm ecstatic that he's playing Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie coming up. So to have his silky smooth voice lead into everything was fine. I thought he did a fine job of introducing, like, the concept. Sometimes things go good. Sometimes things go bad. Yeah. I didn't mind that at all. But uh, so looking at things, we definitely have uh, Gamora wearing Thanos' armor. 
with his sword, which we haven't seen yet. We have what looks like, for lack of a better word, Red Skull wearing Ultron's armor. I don't know what to make of that. He's got some... It, did Red Skull maybe team up with Gamora? Because they're in the same layer. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. That would kind of be cool. And then, of course, we have Marvel Zombies, which is going to be very exciting. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that, although, based off what happened last week, I'm now more convinced it's going to be adult. Because I saw Hulk blow the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. So, you know where I'm going with this, lads? Last question. Adam, I'll go to you first. Off of these first episodes, I don't necessarily need a ranking, but where is it comparing to the other ones so far? Oh, com the other shows? Yeah, so, you know, Loki, Captain America, Wanda. Um... I, I, it's sort of right in the middle of the pack right now. I think I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm not as hyped as I was in the middle of the other shows, but only because they had continuity. Like this one mm -hmm. is literally just popcorn. It's sit down, watch an episode and that'll never come up again. And like, I'm totally fine with that, but also they could stop at any time and be like, okay, that was fun. Mm -hmm. So like the, yeah, it's, it's exact it's a, it's snack food. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what it should be. I am excited because they, they're progressively getting more insane, which is probably why they started off with Captain Carter being the least fairly insane. similar. I just, yeah, probably could have had a different ending to that one, but okay. Um, but yeah, given that the second one was, was pretty bonkers and the third one was really bonkers. I can't wait to see what, what the fourth one is. Yeah, I get you. Exactly. Where's it going to go? Matt, what about you? Where, you? where do you kind of put it? Yeah. I I, I mean, I it's I have a hard time ranking because I think it is sort of apples and oranges. Like this show to me, one thing I noticed, it, between the animation style and the pacing, it felt very much like um, the Clone Wars to me. Mm -hmm. um, so like I would probably put it at the bottom of the list. But it's also not really a fair comparison. This is like, you know, aimed slightly to more, more towards kids. Uh, it's a completely different premise than the other things. So it's like, you know, it, it's like you know, for ranking Star Wars movies, where do you put in the Clone Wars animated series? It's like, well, it's not. It doesn't really fit in there. But I'm enjoying it. But so far, enjoying it the least out of the main shows. But nothing again. It is something entirely different. Yeah, I'd say I uh, I was enjoying both Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision more, and Loki I was enjoying less because I was just kind of over Loki for the, the for the first beginning. But if it carries on this trajectory or even maintains, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be right in in there with all of them. I mean, Loki was so mind blowing. But part of the problem that I'm now thinking about with the Loki ending is. How many TV shows and movies and, you know, franchise in general do we love at the beginning because they set up all the interesting things and then they can't quite pull off the ending? Yeah, speaking of Star Wars. <laughs> speaking of Star Wars, speaking of, like, Lost, you know, yeah. and stuff like that, where it's just like, this is a tremendous mystery box you've opened. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. And so I think that my, like, Loki might become the best or the worst based off season two, which is not necessarily fair to say, but that's kind of how... I'm thinking. Has anyone here? I know it's not technically an MCU thing. Has anyone here seen Modok? 
No. With Patton Oswald? No. I, I meant I meant to watch yeah, it. I didn't. Yeah, keep meaning to watch it too. I do love my I do love some good Patton Oswald. So yeah. uh maybe I'll watch that. Uh after I'm done watching Spider Man two tonight. Okay. So that'll just about do it for us today, unless you guys have anything else? Nope, I'm good. I want to go eat anyway, no. so wrap it up. Perfect. You got it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for out there for listening. Everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week, and we'll see you next time.